more than a third of our daily calories are coming from these two gut diversity lacking foods. I really see that as a problem. Welcome to Gut Check Radio, the health and wellness podcast giving you the confidence to trust in your gut. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Belden, a board certified chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And just for those of you who are aware, the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition and do not apply any of this information you hear in this podcast without first speaking with your physician. Gut health isn't made in the kitchen. It's made at the grocery store. What's going on, everyone? Dr. Nick here. Welcome back to another mini episode of GCR where we just you know get right down to the specifics and skip the nuance and go, hey, tell me what works and tell me what's beneficial for gut health. And from working with enough people now and from my own personal experience, this might seem pretty kind of like, duh, Nick, but in order for us to say like, hey, what's the best diet for gut health or in order for us to eat gut healthy food, the first thing we need to do is we need to have that food ready to eat. That sounds very sort of, like I said, simple and the answer, but let me let me finish that statement here. So to eat gut healthy food, first we must have it ready. Then if you take it another step from there, in order to have it ready, we need to have cooked it. Okay, we're going to keep going. In order for us to cook it, we need to have purchased it at the grocery store. And here's where the rubber really meets the road. I'm not even a car guy, so the fact I say that expression is always funny to me. But in order to purchase gut healthy food at the store, we need to know how to shop for gut health and what to look for at the store. So even though people ask the question, what are the best foods for gut health? It really, you know, when it comes down to logistically, how does that flow? It comes down to what foods you buy at the grocery store. And here's where I really, I love to help people identify like how a grocery store is laid out. If you think about when you walk into your favorite grocery store, you know, mine personally being Sprouts, and fries here in Arizona. I, I was a really big fan. I lived in the Midwest and they had one called, I believe it was called, oh my goodness, I think it was called, it's escaping me at the moment. I'll remember it at some point. I remember Fresh Time was also a cool little natural health food store in the Midwest. But if you think about even, even those stores, when you walk into a grocery store, the middle of the store and the aisles, really the middle of the aisles, are where you're going to find much of the processed food and the packaged food that contains typically these four ingredients, corn, sugar, wheat, and added vegetable oils. Obviously, there will be different additives and different types of preservatives in the food in those, in those middle aisles. But if you, really, if you really just think about it, when you go into the middle of the grocery store, most of the foods are fine that are going to be prepackaged. In order for them to have that sort of longer shelf life, they're going to be one of those main crops of corn, sugar, wheat, and they're also going to have those added vegetable oils that aren't always the best for us in order to further help with the shelf life of these products. And most of the products in that middle of the store are going to have some assortment of those. And I was, you know, I took a look at the USDA's website, and this is from 2010. So granted, it's been 13 years, but I think nonetheless, it gets us in the ballpark of where we're trying to be. That the in 2010, the top sources of calories in the American diet were number one, grains, and they sort of meant that as an umbrella term that can encompass everything from wheat to rice to quinoa to oat. And number two was added plant fats and oils. And if you think about the, those added plants and oils, that's going to be your canolas, your soybean, your safflower, your corn oil, 
it's going to be all these oils that some people would think, oh, they're from a plant, so they must be fine. But really, the rub with these plant oils is they're not great sources of nutrients for a microbiome. And they're also very rich in omega-6 fatty acids, which we need some, but really the problem in our standard American diet is we have an overabundance of omega-6 fatty acids. And I think one of the main contributors is the added vegetable oils we get from prepackaged and processed food. And combined, these two sources of grains and plant-added vegetable oils in 2010, combined, they made up over a thousand calories, which if we, you know, the standard advice is always 2,000 calories, or I think the most Americans eat somewhere between 24 and 2,500. That's more than a third of our daily calories are coming from these two gut diversity lacking foods. I really see that as a problem. <laughs> and I think I'll link to the USDA article in the show notes for those of you who want to look at, read more about this and look at the other contributors of the top sources of calories. But for, for those one and two of grains and vegetable oils, I mean, just think about those are very colorful and as generic advice as this is i think it works really well for the microbiome is the more colorful if you can eat like the rainbow in general that's going to be more beneficial for your microbiome that is one of those tactics and our strategies better yet that's one of those strategies that is easier said than done because then most people will say how much you know how frequently you know when you know and things like that but really what i tell people when it comes down to the microbiome for most people Diversity is key. And where in the grocery store are you going to find diversity? On the outside or the outlines of the grocery store. So when it comes to grocery shopping for gut health, at the 30,000 foot level, stick to the outside of the grocery store. And if you think about it even another way, this doesn't, this doesn't work for all types of foods, but it does work for some. If the food is needing to be continually sprayed with water, you know, if you go to the fruits or vegetables section, and there's just sort of this low-level mist going on on the shelves, it's probably a net benefit for your gut health. And that, like I said, that specifically happens to things like fruits and veggies. And then you can typically find things like fermented food options, which we've talked about before, how they are, they have actually been shown and studied to be very beneficial for improving the diversity and the health of the microbiome. Most of those fermented food options, whether that's your kimchi, your Greek yogurts, or even your sauerkrauts, you're probably going to find in your refrigerator section. I know it's specifically from having bought kimchi and Greek yogurt from a varying amount of grocery stores that they're going to be in the refrigerator section. And sometimes you might find some rogue pickled vegetables in the grocery aisles, which I think they typically you can find them in the canned goods section. Sometimes you'll find pickled beets, pickled peas, pickled Brussels sprouts. And generally when something is pickled, it's been fermented. And what that actually adds is some naturally occurring probiotics. So I think that's the one instance where you can go into the aisles and find those but I think in general, if you can stick to that outside of the grocery store where you find most of your fruits, you find most of your vegetables, you find most of your tubers like sweet potatoes and yams and your squashes and your berries and your nuts and seeds, if you stick to that outside perimeter of the grocery store and also your meats and your eggs and fish, if you stick to the outside is where you're going to find most of your benefit. And then, you know, sometimes I don't think that advice is the most helpful because that still doesn't really tell you like, hey, tangibly what to buy. Here's one strategy that I've sort of started developing with a lot of my patients and myself personally is to help us achieve diversity when going to the grocery store we need a rotation diet and what i mean by that is as the name implies to rotate the particular types of foods we buy and what i like to work with people on is rotate the types of foods you get each week so each week you can eat foods from the same family 
just get a different food in that family. So what do I mean by that? So take, for example, the leafy green category, right? There's many different vegetables that fit that category. So what you can do to help achieve diversity is one week you buy spinach and that's your leafy green for the week. The next week you go to the grocery store, you buy kale. The third week you buy Swiss chard. And the fourth week you buy arugula and rotate that through each month. That is really simplistic. That's really basic. But I think that's, I haven't seen many, many people do that because it's people, it sounds too simple to even imagine that it can work, but it's very beneficial. I mean, that's, that's four different types of leafy greens that you just had throughout the month. That's way more than what most people get in your traditional month. So that's one helpful categories for the leafy greens. And I'll, I'll do two more categories. Another one for the cruciferous vegetable family, which can also be very beneficial for overall detoxification and liver support. So one week you'd get broccoli. The next week you'd get cauliflower. The week after that, you get Brussels sprouts. And then the fourth week, you'd get cabbage. And then you rotate those through. And then one of my other personal favorites is to rotate through the types of nuts you get. So one week, you buy walnuts. The next week, you buy almonds. The week after, you buy pecans. And the week after that, macadamia nuts. And I, some of you are probably wondering, is there anything wrong with having walnuts and almonds in the same week or having spinach and kale in the same week? Absolutely not. I just think this rotation-style diet or this way of doing it is probably most simple for many of us to stick to. I know there's even some people that advocate a rotation diet, meaning you eat every four days, you eat something different. So day one, you eat chicken and you don't eat chicken again until day five. I think that's for the very advanced nutritional person. <laughs> I think that's for the very, very advanced health conscious individual. I think for most of us, if we can stick with this rotation style of eating, I think it can be very beneficial for gut health. And I think overall, when, you, when you're asking yourself, hey, what foods are best for gut health? How do I grocery shop for gut health? 30,000 foot view, stick to the outside of the grocery store, stick to the things that have water on them being sprayed on the shelves, and try to incorporate diversity within these different food categories of leafy greens, berries, stone fruits, nuts, seeds, cruciferous vegetables, et cetera. Rotate through different ones per week. And I think you're going to be doing a fantastic job at using nutrition to benefit your gut health. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or entertaining, we invite you to share the love by leaving a five-star rating or review on your podcast platform of choice or by sharing this episode with your family and friends. And until next time, trust in your gut.